Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. Uh, so today we're going to talk about Rule 303. And military contractors all over the world just went, oh, God. Don't worry, nobody's getting indicted. Um, Rule 303 was a very popular, is a very popular term among a certain subset of military contractors. Because of the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, those contractors came into contact with active duty military, so the term made its way to there. And then from there, it made its way into law enforcement. We need to talk about that. We need to talk about Rule 303 and what it means. The term originated with this guy a very long time ago, back when bolt-action rifles were a uh, standard issue <laughs> for militaries all over the world. And uh, he's fighting an insurgency, and some of his men get ambushed and killed. Later on, he finds some locals that have their personal effects. So he lines them up and shoots them. His commanders did not, uh, <laughs> did not look favorably on this action. He wound up in court standing tall. And at one point they asked him, under what provision, what rule... Did you feel you had the ability, the authority, or the responsibility to engage in what amounts to a summary execution? And he said, Rule 303. There is no Rule 303. It doesn't exist. 303 was the caliber of his rifle. Now, what he was saying was, I have the means at hand and therefore the responsibility to act. That's what he was saying. Now today, as it has made its way through active duty and then the law enforcement, it has kind of turned into might makes right. That is not what that term meant. He felt he had the duty to act. He felt he had that duty. Now, anytime Rule 303 is cited, the action is pretty much always debatable as to whether or not what was done was right. Um, in this case, we now know, because of how insurgencies work, this was a really bad idea. This was something bad to do. Um, if these people were just random people who had found the bodies and then looted them, he killed innocent people. And that would help the insurgency grow. Um, their family members would probably take up arms. The theory at the time was a little different. He was trying to send a message. Um, we know now that's not how you send it. Things have changed. Some more recent examples of Rule 303, and one that everybody will know, was uh, there was that ambush that hit a bunch of Green Berets in Western Africa. Everybody knows about it because Trump dropped the ball when he was making the phone calls. So these guys, they get ambushed. They got no air support. They're done. <laughs> they are done. All of a sudden, two French uh, Mirage 2000s, jets, fly in. They don't engage the enemy, but they scare them. They sh engage in a show of force, and it worked. They didn't have the duty to intervene, but they had the means at hand, and therefore the responsibility. Now, meanwhile, there's a bunch of contractors working for Barry Aviation sitting in their helicopters. 
um, they didn't have the means, or they didn't have the, the duty, but they had the means at hand, and therefore the responsibility. Now, I think the official story is that some French helicopters came in and got them, and that may be what happened. I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, uh, another example that people may be familiar with, you may have saw the movie uh, Tears of the Sun. It's about a military team. They go in to get out a doctor. When they get there, they find a bunch of refugees that are going to get slaughtered. So they make the attempt to lead them to safety. They had no duty to do that, but they had the means at hand and therefore the responsibility. And that's a highly fictionalized account of something that actually happened, by the way. Um, so, <laughs> that, that's where the term comes from. Now, how does that relate to that Parkland shooting and the ruling that says law enforcement has no duty to protect anybody? The officer that waited outside had no duty to enter. Well, now that I'm starting to see that patch on law enforcement, I guess we should talk about that, right? Now, there were two types of cops that uh, sent messages or made comments after I mentioned that ruling. One, one type wanted to talk about the philosophical aspects of it. And we're going to talk about that, but the tone of this video is not directed at you guys. I want you all to know that. Um, there, there is a philosophical discussion to be had there. And it doesn't have to be uh, confrontational. Then there was the other batch of cops that wanted to offer excuses. And we're going to address those excuses too. The philosophical aspect is that if you create a legal obligation to act, you remove that officer's uh, ability to engage in self-preservation and assess risk. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it means. That is exactly what it means. Um, welcome to the profession of arms. Yeah, that's what it means. Nobody cares if you go home at the end of your shift. In that situation, nobody cares. Your duty, your responsibility, because you have the means at hand, is to act to protect those kids. Um, your duty is not bounded by risk. Your duty is not to get up and go to work every day. The guy at Hardee's has that duty. You chose a different profession. So, yeah, you, you, you shouldn't have the ability to assess risk and determine whether or not you're going to act. Rule 303, you have the means at hand. You have the responsibility to act. Okay, let's go to the excuses. He wasn't paid enough. <laughs> that man made about a hundred k a year, hundred thousand a year. What does an E two or E three in Iraq make? About a fifth of that. <laughs> yeah, that argument that dies right there. <laughs> the assignment was taken. You you don't get to renegotiate salary once you start getting shot at or somebody else starts getting shot at. He had to make a split-second decision. No, he did not. No, he did not. Uh, every time he heard a gunshot, and there were a lot of them, he had to make a decision. 
he never found his courage. He never found the courage to enter. Now, I don't think he should be called a coward for that, simply because, as we've talked about in other videos, most people wouldn't have entered. 4% um, of the population are real killers. In this situation, you could safely bump the percentage of people that would act up to 10 or 15% because it's kids. People are more likely to go help kids. Um, but still, the majority of people would not have entered, despite what they may say. Um, so I, I, but he's not, he was not the average person. He was the guy that wore a gun to that school every day ostensibly to protect those kids. When did school resource officers become a thing and end up in every school? After Columbine, it was a response to that. The implied duty is that you are there to protect the kids. Nobody really wants you there to pepper spray kids that get into a fight or to tase the autistic kid that, that's having a, a disciplinary issue. Teachers and principals and coaches were able to deal with that for a very long time without going to a gun belt. Not really what you're there for. Then, <laughs> my favorite excuse. Well, he only had a pistol and the assailant had a rifle. Your duty is not bounded by risk. And that argument may work on the public. It might, because when they look at it, they see a rifle, a big gun, and a pistol, a little gun. What caliber is in the MP5? Nine millimeter, right? The weapon, the MP5, used by most hostage rescue teams who encounter rifles all the time. They specifically chose a pistol caliber weapon. Yeah, the rifle's more powerful, so it can achieve a greater range. It can shoot out to 300 yards. Great. Combat's taking place at seven. Doesn't matter. Both of those weapons have the ability to kill at the range that combat was taking place at. It's not going to work with anybody that actually knows about this stuff. It's a great, it's a great propaganda piece for the public. It doesn't fly. More importantly, I want to talk about the message you're sending by putting that out there. The gun makes the man, right? That's what you're saying. Don't you think that might be reinforcing the thought process of those kids that go into schools and shoot the place up? The gun makes the man. That was a really poorly thought out excuse. Here's the thing. You've got to make a decision if you're a school resource officer. If you are a cop in a school, you need to make the decision. Are you expendable? If not, quit. Because nobody cares if you go home at the end of your shift after a school shooting. They care about the students. That's it. You chose to join the profession of arms. The likelihood of dying from a bullet, that's part of it. That is part of it. And you chose 
the one assignment in law enforcement where literally nobody cares about your life. You know, most of them don't want to say that. And yeah, they would prefer that you survive, but they don't care. Doesn't matter. So, you still want to wear that patch? Look, th this is something that, despite my current demeanor, you, you need to think about seriously. If you cannot truly envision yourself laying down your life to protect those kids, you need to get a different assignment. Anyway, it's just a thought. Y'all uh, have a good day.